0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. ...to come. There's still more on the the horizon, amen? And I just want you to know if you're here for the first time as a guest, we like to call you a guest and not a visitor, or if you've been coming for a long time, God is is on the move, and he's doing something special here, and there's a great anointing upon our church. How many believe that this morning? And God has even greater things, like I said, coming. I, I believe that we're on the cusp, as they say, or right on the edge of seeing a mighty move of God in our church and in our city and around the world, and And uh, we just have to stay in the game, amen? we got to stay in the boat and keep being a part of it. And uh, I want to preach a message this morning that I think is so vital to this. And I want to ask everyone a question. You can answer for yourself. It's going to be a very personal message. How many of you would like God to use you? You would like to be used by God. You know, it's an amazing thing. I think we take it for granted sometimes. We don't really realize that we're part of the greatest enterprise in the entire world. Do you believe that this morning? The kingdom of God. Where Jesus Christ is preached is the greatest enterprise. It's not a business, it's an enterprise. It's something that affects the whole world. And we are part of it this morning as the local church. And God has great plans for you and the person sitting next to you. Amen? And the person sitting behind you. And the person sitting in front of you. And those that are watching online this morning. God has great plans. And he he wants to use every one of us individually to affect somebody else's life with the gospel. How many know here somebody told you about Jesus? Somebody gave you a track. Somebody invited you to church. Somebody invited you to a revival like we're having this next Sunday. You know I was saved in a revival. Make sure you get out to this revival. Get to every service but church it's not about what what goes on just here in the church service. It's about what goes on during the week. It's about what goes on at your workplace and at school and at the grocery store and at the supermarket. And I guess that's the same thing, isn't it? And the gas station. Amen. Whatever you want to call it, supermarket or grocery store. But I I was thinking this week that I believe there's one thing, not the only thing, but there's one thing that is one of the greatest hindrances to God using us. And How many know we make a lot of excuses? Is anybody in here human like me and we make excuses? We don't do. Now I already asked you if you want to be used by God and you said yes and I believe you. I believe the intention in us, every single one of us, is God use me. But the problem is, is we make excuses. We say I'm not talented enough. I don't know enough. I've made too many mistakes. I've done too many things wrong, or, or here's the biggest one I want to hit this morning. It's just too late for me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but maybe you're here and you have said that. I believe there's some people that have even said that in the last few weeks. Maybe not to somebody else, but to yourself in your, in your time alone or even to God. God, it's too late. I've waited too long. I've procrastinated too much. I've put this off too long. And how many know that we have a Bible that is called Good News? Here's the good news this morning. And here's the title of the sermon. It's not too late. Can I get a better amen? It's not too late for God to use you. So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt this morning that you want to be used by God and, God, and you want God to, to take your life and make a difference to somebody else. And hopefully by the time we get done reading these scriptures, you will really see that. And I began to think about people in the world. There's lots of Bible examples in the Bible. But I began to think of some people that we would know in the world, not personally, but of them, who did great things on this earth made uh, lots of money, or were very successful, and started very, very late. And people might have told them, you're too old, or you started too late. And I started thinking of some of the first one that comes off, just right off the top of my head, is I think about that man called Colonel Sanders, who started KFC. And if anybody, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you like chicken, amen, but I know there's a lot of people that like chicken, fried chicken, and KFC's been around for a long time. And Colonel Sanders started Kentucky Fried Chicken at 77 years old. Let me know about 50 or 60. He might have said, you know what? I didn't do nothing in life. I'm a failure. And he did fail a bunch of times. But at 77 years old, he opened that first KFC. And I'd I'd, I'd go on record to say KFC's done okay. (laughs) Matter of fact, in Costa Rica, I can't speak for here because I don't eat it here. But in Costa Rica, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's one of the most biggest chains, and it's very good food in in Costa Rica, except for the last time we ate there, and <laughs> it was bad. But in general, it's really good. How about dun- 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 dun? anybody seen any commercials? Anybody know what that is? McDonald's. McDonald's. Now, I'm not going to say that's healthy food either, but he's he's done a good job starting that franchise. It's everywhere in the world. They're famous for their French fries. They've probably killed a lot of people. But they've done very well, been very successful. Ray Kroc was 50 years old when he started McDonald's. Think about some of these things. are People who are very famous and have done very well in successful lives, they didn't let anybody tell them, you're too old or it's too late. Now here's the cool thing. If these are people in the secular world without God, I mean, I know KFC, if you don't know his testimony, he was a believer. He got saved, he was a womanizer, and he got saved in his latter years, and God, and God you know, touched his life miraculously, but as starting at 77, he didn't have much time left on the earth. But he didn't, he didn't uh, waste time or, or give up because he had waited too long to do something. If that's the case with them, how much more can we do something with the power of God in our lives? Connected to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now another person I think of is how many have ever heard of the Declaration of Independence? That's a pretty important document, right, in our country. Well, Benjamin Franklin, when he signed that, was 70 years old when he signed the Declaration of Independence. Somebody could have told him, you're, you're already past retirement, what are you doing? And he stayed doing things and was able to do that. President Nelson Mandela in South Africa, this is a crazy story. He, he became president of South Africa at 76 years old after 24 years in prison. 24 or 27, for doing civil rights things. How many know at that age, getting out of prison, you just you would just think, I'm just going to try to get back into society and live the rest of my life, and he became president at 76 years old. Tell the person next to you, it's not too late. How many have read a dictionary lately? How many know dictionaries are important? I like to use the definition of words, amen. And Webster's Dictionary is one of the most famous dictionaries they are Uh, Noah Webster wrote that dictionary not at 30 not at 40 not at 50 not at 60 but at 70 years old wrote the Webster's dictionary and the last example I want to get is a man named John Glenn at 77 years old became an astronaut and flew into space at 77 years old amen how many know it's not too late I give those examples as real examples. I want to look in the Bible at Matthew chapter 20. We're going to read several verses here. And this is a parable that's very important to what the Lord wants to speak to us this morning. I really believe that God is going to speak to us and challenge us and cause us to become the men and women that God's called us to be. Please don't take this message as condemnation. Please take it as encouragement encouragement. As a challenge, because my heart, God knows my heart, I want you to do things great for God so that you can stand before God one day and and have something to give back to Him. Amen? We're going to see these in this scripture. So it says, for the kingdom of heaven, we see a parable. Jesus is saying, as things are on this earth, this is how it is in heaven. That's the relation he's saying. Parables are very important. Jesus spoke them for a reason, and this is a powerful one. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who is God, who went out early in the morning to to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day... If, if you don't know what a denarius is, obviously we don't use that. But on our terms today, or sorry, in the terms back then, that was what a Roman soldier would be paid for a day. So what does that mean? That means it was a good wage. Now if you want to go out and work hard and sweat and labor, how many know you want to get paid good? Amen. If you, there's nothing, by, by the way, in case someone doesn't know it, hard work is good. Can I get a better amen? Hard work is good sweating and working with your hands, amen, building those Sunday school rooms over there with help from the church and people in the church. It's, it's hard work and it's fun. You look at something finished and say, I had a part of doing that, amen. And work is good, but how many know if you're going to work, you want to get something for it. So they, they agreed to receive a denarius and that was good pay. And it says he sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about the third hour, he saw others standing. Now, what's the opposite of work? Idle. They stand, people, saw people standing idle. Here's, here's what I want to hit this morning. I didn't say you're the one, but if you are the one, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. If you're idle in the Lord, this is who God's talking to this morning. And even if you're not idle and you are working, how many know we can work more? If there's one thing, church, we should never get tired of is working for God. I've told people for many years, I don't know if I coined it or heard it, doesn't matter. We'll rest when we get to heaven. We're going to rest when we get to heaven. We have an entire eternity to rest, so we cannot get tired doing the things of God, ever. We're going to physically get there, but not quit. So this idle thing is who God wants to talk to. So it says he saw people standing idle in the marketplace. What did he do? He said, you, go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give to you. How many believe here this morning that God is a just God? He's fair. Do you believe that? The world's not fair, but God is fair. He is fair, and he is just. He says, I'll give you whatever is just. So they went. And again, he went out at the 6th hour. He went out at the ninth hour, and he did the same thing. And about the 11th hour, the last hour of the day, for work, he went out and he found others standing idle. And he said, why have you been standing? And this is the question the Holy Spirit wants to ask us. Why are we standing idle when we've got things to do? We've got people to reach. Jesus is coming soon. Time is short. It's not too late, but we've got to get busy. He says, why have you been standing here idle all day? And he said, because no one has hired us. Now, I see that as an excuse. But that's that's what their answer was. How many know excuses? That's exactly what excuses are. It's an answer to a question that's not the right one. Because no one has hired us. He said to them, then you also go into the vineyard, and here you go. Whatever is right... You will receive. So then evening came, and the owner of the vineyard, that's God, said to his steward, that's the worker, that's us, call the laborers, sorry, Jesus is the, is the steward or, or the shepherd, call the laborers and watch this, give them their wages beginning with the last to the first. So he calls in all the ones that had worked the least and paid them first. And watch what he says. When those came in who were hired about the 11th hour, let's leave this up there for a second, they received a what? A denarius. How is it possible that they got a denarius at the 11th hour and we know that they had agreed at the first hour to work for a denarius, so now we're seeing that everybody's on equal playing ground and everybody's going to get paid the same for their labor. We just keep reading. But when the first came... And here's the problem a lot of times, church. If we don't have the right attitude about ministry, we're never going to do great things for God. It says they supposed that they, they, they heard, oh, wow, you, hey, down the line, hey, did you see that the first hour got paid a denarius? That's what they said they were going to pay us. So imagine what we're going to get paid because we got here first. Probably five denarius, right? How many know that we, that's the way we would think? And it says they supposed they would receive more and they likewise received what? Each a uh, denarius. Fair pay. And when they had received it, this is what you don't ever want to do, is complain against God. Let me just say this, clear as a bell, and I, I have to tell myself this too, and we have to, if you're going to s- complain serving God, don't serve. Let I me mean, turn around and say that back here. If you're going to complain to God... Don't serve. Just don't do it. Hello? He doesn't want complaining service. Don't complain. You know why? Because this is a privilege. Serving God in any capacity is a privilege. God does not owe you or me anything. Are you hearing me? Is that the truth? God owes us nothing. We owe God everything. So we should never complain about serving or what we get or any of those things. But they did. They complained against the landowner. So when you complain, then you're going to get a God answer. Amen? Amen. So God says, The last men have worked only one hour. So they, they said, These men have only worked one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered and said, Friend... And God's a good God, amen? Friend, maybe you and I would have said something else there. I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give this last man the same as you. And is, not, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? See, God owns everything and we own nothing. And this will take you a long ways. Listen, whatever you start realizing that any little thing you get from God is a bonus, your life's going to be better. When you expect things from God, you're not going to live a happy life. But when you live a life that just loves the Lord and then the blessings come, then you're going to live a happy life. Amen? He says, or is it evil because I am good? Last verse. So the last will be first and the first will be last. Many are called but few are chosen. Let's pray. Father, we ask your Holy Spirit to speak to us this morning. We ask you to teach us something this morning, transform our minds, because God, in this place right here, there is great potential to win the lost. To reach the city of Denton. To go out of the city of Denton to other cities. Lord, to go around the world with the gospel. Today, you're going to do great and mighty things in this church. But it's going to start with this conviction of the Holy Spirit. That Lord, I can do something for you today. And it's not too late, God. And I ask you to touch this word and anoint. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said? It's not too late. Amen. It's not too late to start having a prayer life. It's not too late to start becoming a devourer of the Word of God. I don't know anything in the Bible. Start reading it. I don't know how to pray. Start praying. Amen. Kids don't know how to walk. They start walking. Amen. They don't know how to crawl. They start crawling. Amen. And then once they start walking and crawling, we don't want them to walk and crawl no more. I don't say that of any experience at all with a grandchild now. You're so happy. You say, come on, crawl, crawl, crawl. And then they start crawling. And you say, stop crawling. It's not too late to become a better husband or wife. It's not too late to become a better father or mother. Some of you here might have older kids. And you might think, man, it's too late. My relationship's estranged. It's not too late. God can restore your relationships. It's not too late to become a faithful covenant tither in the kingdom of god a generous giver it's not too late to get involved in the ministry amen Amen. it's not too late to put to answer the call of god on your life there are people in this place that could answer the call of god there are cities waiting for you to go preach the gospel to it's not too too late for you to witness this morning amen how many get what i'm saying how many are following where i'm going with this but tomorrow might be too late Tomorrow might be too late. That's the thing about the gospel that's so amazing is that we get a chance to, to be in the now. And every single time we wake up, we get a chance to say, God, I might have failed yesterday. I might have not done what I was supposed to do yesterday, but your mercies are new every morning, and today's a new day, and I'm going to start fresh, and I'm going to do something for the kingdom of God. I'm going to make a difference. Today's my day to start. It's not too late. As you look at that parable, I want you to think about something very important. In that parable, they all work from morning till evening, all different hours. But the the, the parable is showing us eternal. The, the, the The payment for our life today, believing in Jesus Christ, is the reward, is eternity. That is the payment that we get for believing in Jesus Christ. We get to go into eternity. But I want you to picture across this place today that all of us are getting into eternity the same way. I talked about that last or a couple weeks ago. Then Pastor Mario preached a great follow-up message last week about winning souls and preaching the gospel. and, 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 And I talked about how everybody gets in the amusement park for the same price on a certain day. Everybody gets into heaven with the blood of Jesus. It is, it is our entrance into heaven. And no matter how, if you got saved 30 minutes ago like the thief on the cross, or if you've been saved 60 years like Joe Hudgens, or 70 years, or however long it's been, it doesn't matter. They're both going to go into heaven the same way. They're going to get eternal life. Are you following me? That's the truth. That's the gospel truth. Everybody's going to get equal entrance into heaven. Here's the difference. Here's why I'm preaching this message. Because once you get into heaven and you walk into eternity, now you find out what you did in the life before you came into eternity and you're going to get a reward. That's what I want to focus on this morning. I want you to understand that the reason we challenge you so much is because I want to give something back to Jesus. Okay, I'm going to end with that this morning. So I want you to have it focused in your mind that we, we don't do things here for, for reward on this earth. We're not looking for God to say, "Oh, well, I'm going to go witness and then God will bless me. Or I'm going to go do this and then God will bless me. Those just happen to be principles that happen. Because God said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and all of my righteousness, He says, I'll add unto you all the things that you need. That's just something that if you've been saved long enough, you realize. Your motives are never when you give tithes, or you give an offering, or you pray, or you go to church, or you witness, you're never saying, God, I'm doing this so that you'll reward me. That's not why you're doing it. You're doing it when it's right, because you love Jesus. And you want to give back to Him because you're thankful for your salvation. However, the Bible says, God is a God who diligently re- rewards, sorry, rewards those who diligently seek him. So he is a good father. He, if you have a bad father, he's not like your bad father. If you have a good father, he's better than your good father. He is a great father and he is a father who loves his children and is going to reward his children. Amen. And he sees everything that's done for the kingdom of God. Everything. Everything. But I don't do those things for a reward. I understand I'm getting into heaven equally, but now I'm working so that I can have something, say it with me, to give back to God. That's the key. How many see what that's saying there? Okay, Equal payment into heaven, but not equal reward. That's what I want to show you this morning. James chapter 4, verse 14 tells us why it's not too late, but tomorrow might be. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It's even like a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Church, this is the problem. When we put things off, if we come in this morning and we hear a message like this and we say, next week I'm going to get after this, or next month, or 2022 is going to be the year that I get myself prepared to do something for God. 2022 is the year I'm going to get my mind right. And I'm going to, no, you need to get your mind right now. You need to get your mind prepared today. And you need to do something today because tomorrow's not promised. So see the balance. It's not too late, but you don't have forever. Isn't that good news? That's kind of how the whole gospel works. It's not too late, but you better hurry up. Everything is that way with God. And so we don't know how much longer we have. And by the time I get done with this, you're going to see a verse at the end. It's going to challenge you, not condemn you. Tell the person next to you with me, he's not condemning you. He's challenging you. And God's Word never does condemn a Christian. God's Word convicts a Christian. God's Word condemns the lost. Because the Bible says now that we're saved, there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We get convicted, we get challenged, we say, I can do more. I, I can leave a legacy, I can do something to impact the world, but we don't have forever. Jo- uh, John, and I, and I think I, 9.14, I believe it is, I think I wrote it down wrong. Whatever you have, just put it up, because I, I had a problem this morning with my, with my notes. I was putting ones in the wrong places, 9.4. Jesus said, I must work the works. Now isn't it interesting that Jesus was working? Jesus wasn't idle. So how many know we shouldn't be idle? If you just... I'm just going to chase the rabbit here for a second. When you work and you're busy and you're... And now, some people work too much. But when you're busy and you work and you're doing work things, man, it's just amazing how successful things happen. How, how things just go right when you're working. Amen? Because Jesus. Jesus worked. He says, I must work the works of Him... Who sent me while what? While it's day because the night is coming when no one can work. We know what, that means. Once you breathe your last breath and, and you pass into eternity or Jesus comes back is the day that you're not going to be able to work anymore. And what we do a lot of times is we say, well, I've got time. And that's why I'm telling you, it's not too late, but you better hurry up. Because we say we got time and that's what got us here in the first place. We've been procrastinating too much. This is the year, church, to get involved. This is the year to tell someone about Jesus. This is the year to become a giver. This is the year to become a prayer. This is the year to become a Bible devourer. This is the year to be a works person so you can see God do something in your life and not be empty-handed when Jesus comes back. Not be without oil in your lamp. We need oil in our lamp. Amen. you still here. It's not too late I'm going to have you tell that person next to you something else tell them it's not too late but it's costly that's the truth I didn't, I didn't say this in the first service but I, f- I feel led to say it right now Holy Spirit just l- s- told me something we've been talking for years about the megachurch. And how it is not of God. And I'll stand up here with all boldness and say it. What is a megachurch? There's, here's what I, I went over to visit my neighbor yesterday. Lives real close, He's 86 years old. Strong believer in Jesus. And his brother and sister-in-law were there from a funeral from his brother, a memorial out by where we live. And I just, I go check on him and I go say hi to him. And, and we sat down and we were talking and and. were uh, we were mentioning this, and I said a mega church is a church where the pastor has so many people that he cannot shepherd the flock. There's so many people that you don't know who's in your church. And you can't be in, in, in uh, held them accountable in their lives. And that's existing around the world, churches with tens of thousands of people. And you might ask me the question, Pastor, wouldn't you like to have a church of tens of thousands of people? Let me give you a quick answer. No. Not at all. Not at all. I would like to have tens and twenties and thirties of churches planted out of our church. But not a church with tens of thousands of people. Because that's the Bible way. That's the way it happens. Why, Why am I saying this? There's a reason. Because in the mega church... There's no accountability. You don't get preaching that gets into your neighborhood, that gets into your house, that gets into your bedroom, that tells you you need to make a change in your life. And people are sitting in megachurches today being lulled to sleep by motivational speaking. And I, I, I'm not a prophet, but I do feel I prophesied several years ago that the mega church is going to fall. And when it does, I believe there's a lot of genuine people, although they're guilty too, because they should read their Bibles. There's a lot of genuine people in large, big churches of thousands of people who are looking for the truth, and these churches are going to be exposed for the false gospels that they're preaching, and people are going to go running out of those churches into good Bible-preaching churches that are looking for the truth. Not what I want to hear, but what I need to hear that's going to get me to heaven. You better be thankful for messages sometimes that step on your toes and cause you to be convicted that I can do more for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? It just came out this week, if you know Hillsong... They're making a humongous, on Paramount Pictures, a humongous documentary exposing the entire denom- fellowship of, he- of Hillsong. The main pastor stepped down in Australia. All kinds of sex scandals. All kinds of cra- That is going to continue to happen because it's not of God. Whatever's not of God, listen to me closely. Uh, whatever is not of God will fall. Amen. And it will be exposed and the, dark, the deeds of darkness will come out to light. Amen. Can I get a better Amen. amen. I had no plans of saying that, but I said it because this is part of this message. It will cost you. The gospel that's being preached in a lot of churches doesn't cost anybody anything. There's no pick up your cross and follow me in those churches. There's the, you can have a better day. You can be a champion. You're never going to fail. And they just smile. I, I, you notice I don't smile a lot when I preach? It's not because I'm not a happy person. It's because this gospel is serious. I don't know how they preach. Well, they don't preach a message. It's hard. That's why if I was preaching tickle your ear messages all day, I could just smile. Hello. Is anybody home this morning? But when you're preaching something serious, your face is serious. Because I know that this is heaven and hell that we're talking about. And there are millions of people today sitting in churches that are going to go to hell because the gospel's not being preached where they're at. Amen. That's not to lift us up. That's to say, God, give us a place where we can hear the gospel preached. As I said, I think I said it Wednesday, uh, I was preaching last Sunday in Denver, and I got done preaching, and a man was visiting in Pastor Marshall's church. He was on the same row as me, and I could just tell he was checking things out. I knew he was a believer. He was an older gentleman, very nice-looking gentleman. And I I knew he he was saved, but he was just nodding his head. and, And so he listened. I knew he was visiting and after the service, and I, and I mentioned something during the message about uh, Santos' testimony, how he was going around to different churches, and, and he was an alcoholic wanting to get saved and wanting to change his life, but every church he went to, everybody drank. And so instead of having someone tell you, you know what, you have to stop drinking, they would, he, they would drink with him. So he finally came into a church that was preaching the gospel he stopped drinking, got his life set free. Now he's serving the Lord and doing great things for God. So I mentioned that testimony last week, and this man came up to me and said, I want to shake your hand and thank you for preaching a full gospel message. If, if I heard you right, you said it's wrong to drink. I said, even a drop of wine. Amen. Yes, even a drop of wine. Why is it quiet in here all of a sudden? I, maybe y'all I somebody need to stop drinking. Amen. If you were in the first service, boy, you got it easy today. <laughs> Amen. Hello? Do you want the truth, the whole truth, or nothing but the truth? Or do you want what you want to hear so you can scathe into to either heaven or hell? Maybe see if you make it at the end. He says, I want to congratulate you. How is it possible that we need to be congratulated by a Christian that we preach against drinking? How are we the weird people that we think that you shouldn't drink any alcohol? This place is full of ex-alcoholics. Can you imagine if they would go out to eat and see me drinking something? What would that do? Give them the reason to drink. Tell me, tell me, pastor, get back on your message. Come on, tell me. It's not too late, but it'll cost you. That's what started this whole last five minutes. But I know the Lord wanted me to say it, and it was online. It's not too late, but it's going to cost you. Look what Jesus says in Luke chapter 9. This is where the rubber meets the road. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said, and this is here the thing. Here's, leave this up for a second. This is what we, Lord, I love you. Lord, I follow you. Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to. I want you to just say that with me over here. Let's Just say, Lord, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. Just say that. Was that hard? Over here, Lord, I'll follow you. Was that hard? Saying it is easy, but doing it is different. They said, Lord, we'll follow you wherever you want to go. And so God is, is very, very, very much wanting you to follow him. But he's going to test you. He's going to filter you. He's going to check your spirit and see where your motive's at and see where your attitude is and see if you mean what you mean and say what you say. And so in the next verse, he says, as it happened, he said, Lord, I'll follow you. And Jesus says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. And some people take this out of context and think Jesus was poor. But I've never met anybody who was poor who had a treasure. If you don't have no money, you ain't got nobody counting it. Foxes have no holes and birds there have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He is saying, I came to this earth, not for earthly possessions. I came to this earth to fulfill the kingdom of God. Amen. Okay, now next verse, watch this. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, this is some of the hardest, most misinterpreted scripture in the Bible. Lord, let me go first and bury, leave that up for a second, and bury my father. Father. You think that God doesn't care about his father? Of course he does. But the truth is, most likely in this story, his father wasn't on in, in his deathbed. He was making an excuse that I need to take care of my father's business because my father got some money. And I need to make sure when he dies that I get it. Are you, are you all with me? He was checking his, you don't think Jesus knew everything about his father? So, so he went to write what would hit him in the nerve and see where he's at. And so he says, he says, I need to go bury my father. Watch what Jesus says to that. Let the dead bury their own dead. Ooh. Jesus was so loving. He was just love. Jesus never said anything confrontational. Let the dead bury their own dead. You think he doesn't care about the dead? Of course he does. He says, let the dead... What I think is let the people who think like dead people bury the people who are dead. Thinking. You don't have my mind. You don't have my intentions. You don't want to really follow me. You're going to make an And here's the thing. He's basically saying you're going to make an excuse for everything I tell you to do. Whatever I tell you. Because he knows them. Let me know he knows us. And he will test us. Anybody who has ever been successful in the things of God has been tested. Tested and tested, and tested, and you say, you get to a place where you say, Lord, test me. I want to be right. I don't want to go off the deep end. I don't, I don't want to go the wrong way. He says, let the dead bury the dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Go do what you're supposed to do. And another said, Lord, I'll follow you. Now, let me just remind you how I know this, why this is the motive. There's two different things that come to my, my mind. One is, I remember the rich young ruler. He said, he said, Lord, what do I need to do to be saved? So Jesus throws out some things, and he says, I've done all those. That's, that's kind of where we get the, that's not a humble attitude. I've done all those, and then Jesus says, okay, inside, thinking, okay, I, I gave you the things that I know you do, but now I'm going to hit you where, you, where you where your heart really is. Now, he says, I want you to go and sell all your possessions, because he knew it was rich. I want you to go sell all your possessions and follow me. And what did that rich young ruler do? He failed the test. How do I know it's a test? Because Abraham lifted up a sword to put put a sword into Isaac's chest. And it was never God's intention for Abraham to kill Isaac. It was God's intention to see if he'd lift that sword up and do it. And as soon as he lifted that sword up to take his son's life, God said, stop. Stop. Because I don't, I don't really need you to kill your son. I need your son. I need you to show me that you are willing to. So he wasn't saying to that rich young ruler, I want your money. I don't need your money. But we're going to use your money for the kingdom of God. If that man would have said the right thing and said, Lord, I'll meet you back here next week. I'll go sell all my possessions. And as soon as he turned around to go back and sell his possessions, Jesus would have said, stop. No, we're going to use your possessions for the kingdom of God. I don't need you to sell them. You've passed the test. It's a test. Everything is God checking our spirits to see if we really love him. And so he says, I will follow you, but let me go and bid them farewell first who are at my house. What is he doing? He's making an excuse. For many, it's too late, Lord. It's, I've, I've messed up too much. It's too late. I don't have enough time or whatever other thing you want to make. Last verse, 62. But Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is worthy or fit of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. I used to hear this evangelist preach when I first got saved, tight but right. Amen. It's tight, but it's right. It's, 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 a, it's a narrow road, but it's right. How many, how many want to be on the narrow road? I want to be on the road when you get your toes stepped on a little bit, but then those toes feel better when you start doing some, some evangelizing and some glory, hallelujah, and some preaching and some soul winning. You start seeing some fruit in your lives. The toes stop hurting. Come on, amen? amen. So let me remind you again as I close, we're going to one more verse. It's not too late to have a prayer life. So, in case you missed these the first time, I don't know how to pray. Well, start praying, start trying. There's no wrong or right. The only wrong prayer you can pray is a vain repetition. That means you say the same prayer every day over and over again. That Jesus don't like that. That's the only thing he, any, any other prayer he is good with. Just don't say the same thing over and over every day. Matthew 6, 7. It's not too late to become a devourer of the Word of God. This is why a lot of people in the megachurch are going to hell. Because they don't read their Bibles. They don't read their Bibles, so they don't know what's in the Bible. Some of these, some people would be shocked. Some of these things that sometimes I read things in the Bible, and I feel like people are shocked. Like, haven't you read this before? It's in the Bible. I didn't just like I'm not pulling something out of my hat this morning. This Bible's been around for two thousand years. This New Testament and the Old Testament for four. This is not new. We just don't know it because we don't read. It's not too late to become a better husband or wife. It's not too late to become a better father or mother. It's not too late to become a faithful tither and a generous giver. It's not too late to get involved in the ministry. It's not too late to answer the call of God on your life. It's not too late to witness. Today's the day that you go out of here and you start doing something for God. Here's where we close. Here's why I'm saying this. I'm doing this for your own good. For my own good. Because church, remember, every single one of us on judgment day are going to stand before God by ourselves. Our husband, our wife, our children, our pastor, our friends are not going to be there. And we will give an account to God. Let's look at this in 1 Corinthians 3. Watch, read the Word of God, not my words. Verse 12, sorry, verse 10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a master wise builder. How many of you want to be master wise builders this morning? Maybe you don't know it, but you should say you do. You want to build good. Because whether you know it or not, you're building. Every day you're building. Whether you know it or not. Can I say that one more time? You're building. Some of you didn't know you were builders. Say, I'm a a builder. I didn't know it, but I'm a builder. Some of you didn't know it, but we're all builders. You're building something every day. You're building something every day that eventually someday is going to be looked at by God And then, according to what you built, you'll be rewarded. You're building. I ain't built. Yes, you are. You're building. Just trust me. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. He says, I have laid the foundation of Jesus Christ, and another builds on it. Here we are 2,000 years later, building on what they have preached for 2,000 years. And if the Lord tarries, we want to build something here that's going to last. Now, watch this. Let each one take heed on how he builds. It doesn't say if you build, on how you build. So we're all building, let's build right. Watch what this says, read with me. For no other foundation, this is the message a couple weeks ago, Jesus plus nothing, can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ. Now watch, Now if anyone builds on this foundation, here's how we build. When we do things for the Lord, for the kingdom of God, they're gold and silver and precious stones. So every time you do something, watch this. Every time you do something, it's... Like a video game. Gold, silver, precious stones. Or you do something that's not for God. It doesn't have to be a sin. just something that doesn't have any value eternally you're building all the time. Every day. All day. Every day, all day, building. Woe is me or amen. You're building. And they're going up. The other ones are wood, hay, and stubble or straw. Each one's work will become clear for the day that's judgment day will declare it. Are y'all still here? If you haven't gotten anything else, get this. This is so important. This is motivation. Nobody's exempt from this. We will all stand before God. And thank God this morning, by His grace, in the name of Jesus, we're going to stand on the judgment seat of Christ. Not the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment is the day that everyone in the world will stand before Him who has rejected Jesus and they will be cast into hell. But they'll stand before a righteous God, a fair God, who told us at the beginning what the wages were. Are you all with me? And it says, because it will be be, be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work leave this up for a second, of what sort it is, I want you to picture a conveyor belt. And there's a big old machine, kind of like you see at the airport, that's fire, furnace in the middle. And on the other side of the conveyor belt, it continues, and everything you've ever done, good or bad, when I say good or bad, I'm not saying sin, this isn't sin stuff, this is already in heaven, we're already saved, all the stuff you did for the Lord is gold, silver, and precious stones, and it's passing through that fire. All the stuff you didn't do is wood, hay, and stubble. Everything's coming out on the other side of the fire. What's gonna last? Gold, silver, precious stones. Those things done, the prayers, the witnessing, the tithing, the giving, the going to church, the, sh- the, sh- the loving God, the sharing, your f- all the stuff God tells us to do, it's coming through. I don't want any of you guys to get the 25 cent bubblegum prize on the other side and have that to offer to Jesus. I don't want you to be ashamed on judgment day. That's why we challenge you to witness and challenge you to give and challenge you to do right and challenge you to do because it's going to be tested. I want to, I don't know about you, but I want them to have to bring in those, uh, what are the things called I said in the first, the drive, the uh, what? If I want to, I want to have to have, have them get a fort lick to bring my stuff in. Like forklifts just coming in. Forklifts. And like, ain't done yet? No, there's another warehouse over there. Bring them on in. Come on. Come on. But not, listen, not for me to boast, for me to give it back to Jesus and show him with my actions, not my words, that I love him. Say, Jesus, this is what I did because this. I want to show you how thankful I was for my salvation and that's what the bible says is going to happen that's why i'm motivating you and telling you it's not too late next verse for if anyone's work which he has built on it endures he will receive a what what does it have to endure the fire if anyone's work is burned wood hay and stubble he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved yet is through fire this is why i'm motivating you church it's not too late, Father, motivate us, challenge us, speak to us individually to, to do these things before it's too late. This morning it's not too late. We still have breath. We still have time. But tomorrow might be too late. What can I do this morning? What can, I, can I change the world this morning? No, but I can make some decisions. I can start saying, God, I'm not going to make any more excuses. There's so much talent in this place this morning. So much unused talent. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's building. Maybe it's finances. Not everybody in this place, church, is going to preach the gospel from a pulpit. Maybe you're here and God has called you to be a giver, to be a business person that will finance the gospel. Then do it as unto the Lord. And do it to to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. Whatever you do, Colossians says, do it as unto the Lord. But do it understanding this morning that we have been bought with a price and God owes us nothing. Yet he still gives us eternal life and says, I do have a reward. I will reward those who diligently seek me. So I'm giving you a chance this morning god's giving you a chance this morning to say it's not too late That should be encouraging it should be good news that you can still do something for god and it will start today with a decision lord whatever you want whatever you need i'm available i'm not going to go bury the dead i'm not going to go say bye to my family i'm all yours and when you do that god takes care of everything else I can tell you that for a fact. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved. Maybe you're watching online and you're not born again. Today you don't have entrance into heaven for eternal life. And you might be the one right now that's saying, you don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. You don't know how many mistakes I've made. You don't know how many many times I've been mad at God. I want you to know none of that matters if you'll just say, God, I'm sorry. God, I believe that I'm a sinner, he'll save you right now. Right now, this moment is the moment of your salvation. How many in this place, honest hearts, his heads are bowed and eyes are closed, could say, Pastor, I need to be saved right now. I don't wanna wait another second, just lift up your hand and put it right back down. I want Jesus to come into my life. Just put it up and put it right back down, amen. How many more, all over? That's me. I'm not asking you to be a member of the church. I'm asking you to to believe on Jesus. Believe on Jesus. He says, If you believe in me, though you were dead, you shall live. How many more? I'm just going to wait just a moment. Amen. God sees your hand, God sees your heart. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Amen. I want to open up this altar. I want to ask you to turn around at your seat whatever you want to do but this altar's got a lot of room church this is, a, this is a time where you say Lord I just receive your word that it's not too late I'm going to go out of here today and I'm going to make some decisions I'm going to do something for God I'm going I'm to preach, I'm going to witness, I'm going to give I'm going to love, I'm going to pray because I know one day I'm going to give an account for how I've built upon the salvation that you so freely gave me as you come and find a place just from your heart This is one of those messages that's sometimes it's a somber message because we've been maybe getting too busy doing other things that don't matter, that don't last, that aren't eternal. They're not sins necessarily. They're just a hindrance to us doing something great for God. Don't hide your talents this morning. Use your talents for the glory of God. Remake them available. To the, to the kingdom of God say this is a talent that I have this is something that I, I want to use and let us know and we'll, we'll try our best to use you in your talent for the kingdom of God Father we thank you this morning for moving in these altars as we sing this song today we thank you for speaking to hearts we thank you for causing us not to be condemned to be, to be challenged and convicted and right before we sing this song we're going to say a sinner's prayer for those that are watching online before we go offline you raised your hand or you're watching online as we mentioned I think on Wednesday someone in Alaska just got saved through uh, someone witnessing to her and now she's watching online all the way up in Alaska so who knows who's who needs to be saved right now the Lord is touching your heart right now I pray pray one day that Muslim man that I witnessed to on the airplane is gonna be watching online he's gonna give his life to Jesus he's gonna see the love of Jesus He's going to have a vision of Jesus. If you're here today and you want to say this prayer, you're watching online, just repeat this. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I fall short. I need a Savior. I admit that I'm a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe in you that you died on the cross and died a horrible death for my sins. You shed your blood to wash me clean of all my sins. But then you rose from the dead to defeat death so I could live forever. I accept you into my life and I ask you to write my name in the Lamb's book of life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a big praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's sing. Let's Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.